We have hit a point in our podcast where I'd like to open up the box. I mean, there's obviously Lean and Six Sigma, Operational Excellence, or any kind of continuous improvement. I, I feel that our listeners can or have more content or contributions to provide us and maybe even enlighten some of the listeners on how they feel about certain topics, just not what we think about those things. So if we could get a brave soul willing to come on the podcast, would love to hear of unique ways that people have used maybe a different tool, best practice, or even better, a lesson learned from maybe a poor execution of a tool. Go to our website, www.esuccess-methods.com. Click on the button that says call for content. Let us know what you'd like to share. Welcome to the E-Success Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical world of Lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode, number 180, we blast to the past for a parable of our times in a retrospective on Circuit City. If you're just tuning in for the first time, find all our back episodes on our podcast, Table of Contents, at esuccess-methods.com. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy. Just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. Hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm good, Aaron. How's it going? Jacob, I am doing fantastic. Ooh, fancy. Copying my words. <laughs> yes. Whoa. <laughs> what is this, three in a row or something? From... <laughs> Well, I don't know how I'm going to release them. We can record them in any way we want. Got it. <laughs> July 2007. Way, Jeez, way back you're going, when. You're going into history. That's about the first time it I is. met you, Aaron. Yeah, it's pretty much, uh, I think we met in August. Maybe, yeah. 2007. Is it August or July? Wow. Ah, it's all blend. It doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so this one was in... Uh, Quality progress actually done by the Associated Press, and it is called A Parable for Our Times. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me just read this out. Some of these some of these words may sound familiar. Some of the names in these this article may sound familiar, like a distant memory. <clears throat> okay. Circuit City recently announced it was firing some three thousand four hundred of its most experienced sales clerks, their term, and replacing them with lower paid staff. Too many people. No, too highly paid. Terminations were based on specific wage rates. For example, if you made more than exactly X dollars per hour, you were terminated, effective that day. Don't forget, by the way, that whatever these folks were being paid, it was planned and approved by management. For many of the affected employees, the same manager who approved their wage rate was now firing them for being paid too much. Mostly, Circuit City sells high-tech electronics, such as plasma TVs, games, global positioning, system navigation, and home entertainment systems. In general, fairly pricey agglomerates of inconceivably small micro-circuitry. In fact, when I toured Circuit City's local box store the other day, I realized that while I'm not quite ready for the boneyard, I've got a 60-gigabyte iPod with some very current cuts on it, too. I'm geezer enough that I couldn't even tell you what some of the gizmos on display were, even after I read the tags. So given this... Do you think I want to have some kid who has been there three months, is paid minimum wage, has never heard of Betamax, cassette tapes, or radio car phones, and who would have no idea what to do with my gorgeous Gerard turntable? Do you think I want him to help me pick out a digital a digital SLR camera or a digital camcorder? More to the point, does the CEO of Circuit City, who reportedly was paid 713000 in salary last year, with a $700,000 bonus, has $3 million in stock, 
and 340000 in options, and who decided to lay off these $30,000 per year folks? Does he think I'm going to risk my money and memories on his nifty cost-cutting plan? While his compensation package is fairly modest, only 40 times that of the employees, not 400 like some of the mega-corporation CEOs. I would suggest that he not bet $1 of it on my deciding to buy electronics from Circuit City. Imagine if Circuit City had engaged the most knowledgeable of its employees in an effectively-led program to find ways to improve the efficiency and effectiveness of their processes, processes the employees likely understood better than most of their managers do, with concom... I don't even know how to say that. Concomitant... Concom... Do you know that no, word? No, I did not. But concomitant... Co... Con... Concomitant... <laughs> ownership... Of the results of their efforts. That's what happens every day at every Toyota facility in the world. Toyota does not fire knowledge. It grows knowledge as a strategic imperative. And it harvests the fruits to the benefit of its customers, stockholders, and employees. Woohoo! So maybe we should give a little spoiler alert. What's going on with Circuit City today? Uh, they're no longer in business. That's right. And I think it was about 2008 or 2009 and they finally decided to close everything down. Yeah, it wasn't that long, yeah. uh, and I don't remember exactly what led to the final Bankruptcy. the final blow, but I imagine it had a lot to do with how they were managing the business. I'm sure it was. I mean, I think that was around the same time. I mean, at that point, I remember, and this was my early years in the U.S., you know, it was always, should I go to Best Buy or should I go to Circuit City? Who has a better deal? Mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. And I'm guessing Best Buy had a better strategy, and they kicked Circuit City out of business, and that's about the time online sales also started picking up. Uh, right, and I think all that thing just killed them. Yeah, and Best Buy is still here, mm-hmm. you know, and still a very large electronics box store and uh, profitable. Yep. I don't know how much longer. I mean, it's it's a tough model to keep to have a you know brick and mortar store uh, for anything now, mm-hmm. but Best Buy is still doing it. They found a way to do it. Well, I know they did employ Lean and Six Sigma. I've had a couple of my friends work with them on a consulting basis on some of these things. So uh, they did take some things seriously. But let's talk, I guess we'll talk about a little bit more about this, uh, what's going on in this in this parable. Mm-hmm. So laying off folks, no, laying no, off folks it, that just made too much money. It's not necessarily laying off folks, right? It's basically true cost-conscious steps where I don't need to spend so much money on my sales reps what can I get by spending half the cost or something lower than that? Mm-hmm. And how how will my business model work on that? I think that was literally the step they took uh, because they must have figured out that something is not working right because their books are not getting balanced at the end of the day. And this was the first way they thought on how they can get, get to that point. On the on this right here is is a highly flawed assumption, I think, in that they could pay that anybody could do that job, you know, that anybody mm-hmm. just off the street could do just as good of a job as the person who's been doing it for a long time. Yep. And I, I see this time and again, if it's in the call center, if it's your cable installation people, the people who are interfacing most closely with the customer are both the most critical, but usually the least paid and least appreciated. And they're the ones who make and break a customer experience. They're the ones who decide where the customer decides whether or not they're going to come back to that store. And that's kind of where I keep coming back to is 
those people are deserving a lot more respect than a lot of companies tend to give them. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I think Circuit City may have fallen into that trap uh, when they brought some people off the street and assumed that they could do the job of people who had been doing it for quite some time. But that's just, I mean, I think, the, and and I don't know what, I mean, this article is purely talking about the sales team or the store sales team. I don't know if this was entire across the organization, across all levels, or if it was just literally just the, the lower level employees. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it, this is this holds true for any role, right? But it, it it's what drives uh, most of the activities, especially if they said anybody with this pay raise scale at this this level or this grade, you're gone, mm-hmm. which means you probably lost a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and it was basically saying that it didn't let go of management. Yeah. So what's the deal with that? Yeah. So what do you think about this idea? So you go into it. You're, you're pretty electronic savvy. You go into a box store. Uh, do you care whether it's – I mean, we're getting up there. And, you know, pretty soon people my daughter's age – heck, my daughter's just turned 17. She might be the kind of person who is used to sell to us and to be our uh, electronics advisors and – She's never heard the term rewind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't know the the pains that we had to go through. Um, would that matter to you? I, actually, you know, I would, to be honest, like um, maybe it's like, you know, always, right? Like if my dad needed to buy something, uh, by the time I was in some sensible age, which I will say by the time I became like 14, 15, I had a better understanding on what was going on in that space more than mm-hmm. my dad did. Mm-hmm. So for most cases, I wouldn't necessarily care who the person is as long as he or she can give me the pros and the cons. Okay. Um, in, in a sales position, right? But now that might be completely different on any other role in that organization. Because if this is for all the way from a purchasing person to all the way from how are you stocking the warehouse and how are you presenting the information or how are you laying out the design of the store, all those things, I don't know how you can maybe have a teenager do that <laughs> no. or, or somebody without any experience. Right. But if it's truly just the sales aspect of here's the pros and the cons, um, have you used this system or have you compared this across the five other things and uh, what do you have at home or how do you find this better than the others? If somebody is good enough to explain that, I don't care if that person's experienced for 10 years doing this or if that person's just been on it for three to four years and has the knowledge for it. So, but you're you're talking about somebody who ha- has technical knowledge, but when you're in the store and, and this is the art of selling, is that people want to buy from somebody that they can trust as a trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. And most often, that trusted advisor is somebody who is more like them and can make them feel comfortable with potentially an uncomfortable purchase. Yeah, I can see that. So in that case, they basically, if by hiring only teenagers, kind of like to the author's point here, who I don't have a name for, but to the author's point, he doesn't want to buy from a kid. He wants to buy from somebody that knows a little bit more about what it's like to be him, and he wants that salesperson to be the advocate for why he should try this next generation of gadget. You are listening to E6S Methods Podcast, brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. 
Are you applying for professional certification in your field? You'll be happy to learn that all this time you've been streaming Jacob and me into your ears. You've also been earning continuing education units, or CEUs, which can be applied toward most professional certifications. You can do your research, all the math, and figure out which episodes are applicable for which discipline, or you can save yourself the time and hassle and just order a CEU report from us. All you need to do is provide us with which episodes you've listened to, and we'll provide you with a portfolio including details about each episode and a certificate of recognition with a CEU breakdown by competency, including leadership, tactics and tools, strategy deployment, and principles and philosophies. So if you have certification on the mind, start here and save some time. Just go to e6s-methods.com slash CEU to order yours. He doesn't want to buy from a kid. He wants to buy from somebody. Yeah, but at the same time. Yeah, I mean, because that person can compare it to the older generation and give the pros and the cons. But mm-hmm. if the younger generation person can say how easy is this and how easy it is to operate, and maybe it, it comes down to the training program that Circuit City has or this organization mm-hmm. has. Because if you've trained your employees to say this is what the old system's about and this is how the new system's going to make life easier, you're getting the same information. And if you're doing that at half the cost or cheaper than that, why wouldn't you? <laughs> now, the question is, now, now the question is, how do they retain that information? You know, because granted, if it's college kids, they're going to find the job as soon as they graduate or as soon as they find something that pays more and run away. How do they keep that going mm-hmm. in the long run? And, uh, you know, how do they incentivize uh, somebody to continue to do this? Right. But I don't see a problem. I mean, this is, again, now this comes down to what we were talking about yes, uh, in one of our previous episodes regarding personality types and mm-hmm. who fits what where. This is truly understanding your buyer or your user base on who is coming to the store most and what would they relate to the most and then being able to address the scenario appropriately. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I might be one of the weird cases, uh, whereas you will get somebody like this author also who is things on the other extreme. You know, you have to... If you have to be a store, you have to be able to answer the needs of all these different kinds of users who come to you. Right. All right. Anything else uh, in this article stand out to you? I think, uh, you know, for me, the the fact that they decided to fire everybody and not necessarily give them an opportunities in some other area where they could have either expanded on their knowledge in the organization or the knowledge in the industry and right. leverage it in some other form or format, I think... That last paragraph was really, really critical in my opinion, right? They, they could have done something different, whether or could they have, whether it is maybe getting into the CNET kind of world where they're reviewing all these products and making it available for everybody so people don't have to come to a store and they open that as a new avenue for uh, revenue. Um, it, it, could they have tried different things because of their experience workforce or could they have used them in other roles within the organization? Mm-hmm. It's a question. You know, at the end of the day, you know, money is king or they say, as AK say, cash is king. So however you can make that happen, whatever you need to do to make that happen before uh, everything else falls to the ground, maybe this was an attempt to do that. Uh, they didn't have any other way besides finding way to cut costs and keep the rest of the people employed still continuing to get employed. Right. Uh, and this was the only option in front of us. We don't know the background as much. But that last line, uh, if anything, is what stood out to me the most. Yeah, if you think about it, can can you imagine anybody in anybody in the whole organization that knows the customer better than these folks that got let mm-hmm. go? 
Um, yep. They know the mix of customer. They know what has worked, what has not worked when they've had different types of approaches. If Circuit City was getting into the uh, moving into the online retail at this time, they could have leveraged that knowledge uh, quite a bit, uh, I think, uh, to spread out into these uh, new areas. And, of course, they were probably not executive bound, maybe not senior leadership bound. But as far as a wealth of knowledge, uh, they, that definitely was something that they disregarded and they lost threw away. Out. Yep, they lost out on. Right. All right. So uh, for me, my key takeaways from this is is uh, don't underestimate your frontline employees. I learned this for sure when I went through uh, strike duty. Uh, you know, this one thing that they lacked was proper respect, and that's what I think led to the strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, it was uh, these guys don't necessarily need or want more money, but they definitely deserve uh, more respect um, because it's a hard job, and it, it's it's not something you can just take somebody out of the office and expect them to do yeah. <laughs> as as good of a job with. And it takes it takes the ability to to really be diplomatic in some really tough situations, uh, far harder than anybody, far harder than I would have expected in that manner. So. And same with the call centers. Uh, I'm sure you've had to work in a lot of these areas of customer-facing folks. What do you What do you see out there as far as taking them for granted? Do they get the training they need? You've seen it in a few different industries. Yeah, I mean, it is it is unfortunately very sad on what they have to deal with. Um, and you know, sometimes me as a customer myself, and I call a customer service agent, depending yeah. on depending on what mood I am in, <laughs> it could that could mean a different thing for the customer service agent as well. Although I I do have a newfound respect for them uh, because of how much I've had to interact with them. Um, you know, uh, and for most of the time, the customer service agents have have no control or no empowerment to do anything besides follow a script. Mm-hmm. And you know we see them as the face of the of the of the organization, but their their hands are tied so much that they really can't do anything. Right. Um, I would almost blame that as a system of the organization. And you know, and and I I try to acknowledge that when I talk to the customer service agent because my frustration is not necessarily at the agent, but it's at the process that they are following, or it's at the the organization that set up that process that makes life difficult for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, that person is the one who is who's representing that organization in that front line, so they get the brunt of everything that goes on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, and irrespective of which industry it is, Bennett was in the manufacturing industry before. Bennett's in the services industry that I'm now, and I'm sure what you're seeing over there, it's all the same. Like uh, a lot of the times, these folks are seen as you know, I just need somebody to answer the phone and give and give the canned answer, which I'm expecting to do. It doesn't necessarily need too much skill uh, because all you're saying is yes, no, or moving it on. And I, I personally feel that their role is a lot more than that, uh, and it can be a lot more than that. But uh, most of my experiences have been that uh, they are treated as commodity. When it, I mean, some aspects of it is commoditized, but there's a lot of nuances that can really make the experience a lot better for who they're interacting with. And I don't know if that's your experience. No, no, that that is my experience, and that's that's well put because uh, I think because it's not a skill you have to go to school for per se, but it's a, a highly effective uh, interpersonal skill that these people are needing. True empathy, tr- truly listening. These are what makes the experience good or bad, uh, and uh, you can't teach it. 
but you have to foster it. Uh, and that comes with mm-hmm. how you're treating your employees and how you're allowing them the opportunity to truly engage with a customer in the manner that the customer wants to be engaged with. And this means not putting time limits on phone calls and not forcing them to move through a script like they're a robot because people are calling to talk to people. They're not calling to talk to robots yet. <laughs> um, when they want to yeah. talk to a robot, you know, they will be. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes they might not have a choice, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we beat this one to death. Uh, I guess it's really no secret. It's just a little bit of a, a – he called it a parable of our times, and, and maybe he used this as his predictor that uh, Circuit City was – on the outs, and uh, I just found it interesting to, to be there. That this criticism of how Circuit City was uh, running their operations um, long after uh, mm-hmm. that, I found it long after Circuit City had gone under. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Jacob. Anything else? No, that's it, Aaron. Appreciate it, and I hope hope everybody had something to take out of this one. All right, thanks a lot, Jacob. All right, bye bye. Thanks for listening to episode 180 of the E6S Methods Podcast. Don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes. Tap click done. If you have a question, comment, or advice, leave a note in the comment section or contact us directly. Feel free to email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at e6s-methods.com or on our website. We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then share us with a friend or leave a review. Don't like what you heard? Join our LinkedIn group and tell us why. Don't forget, you can find notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. If you're not climbing up, you're falling down. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! <laughs>